Farewell, babies. I'm pretty sure I stayed pretty neutral on that. I yeah, yeah, you're like, neutral because you and I understand that, you know, this isn't our life and there's other right. things going on. And if you can't try our best to make it and try to do just an hour a week, not that big a deal. And most of the times it's okay. But when it's not, you know, when you're on vacation, you don't have to get too mad at people. And by the way, Ray's not here today. So, yeah, <laughs> we haven't had a full show in like three weeks. <laughs> Speaking of that, we've been blabbering on for fucking 30 minutes here. Uh, that's a whole lot more of editing for me. So good for you. You did it again to me, Bill. Uh, I haven't seen you in a while, so. I know. No, I appreciate it. And the, the old man story was good because I went through that calf injury, the same one. Uh, let, let's do the show. Let's do some opening takes and start. Right. Let's do some sports. There are some things to get to. So I don't know what yours is. Do you want to start? Yeah, I will Go start. Ahead. I kind of mentioned it in the baseball show um, that came out what Tuesday, our last baseball show, our social. Yeah. Um, and here it comes again, as the numbers came out, I believe you're a hundred million dollars off on an extent on money when it comes to signing Raphael Devers to a contract extension. I don't care if you think he's going to be a DH, or if you think he's going to be a third baseman, you pay him at top of the market and you pay him. Now you've seen under, you've seen guys around his age, Wander Franco, even key Brian Hayes, just signed a deal. Tati signed a deal. You're trying to, I know those are small market clubs, but you're starting to lock these guys up, go through arbitration. I don't care. Just give it a short-term deal. Give him a six, seven year deal. Give him 35, 30 to $35 million. He's a top 12 to 15 player in the MLB right now. And if he puts up another monster season, like he has the past three years, then he's going to be well, you know, in, in contention for, to be in the top 10. I just don't want to see what happened to Mookie Betts happen to Raphael Devers. You know, it's there. They were teammates. They won a world series together. Then you saw him get traded in the end because they couldn't come to a, a deal. The rumors with, with Betts was the Red Sox were a hundred million dollars behind for the times when it called, called for 200, they were at a hundred. When it was 300, they were at two, 400 at three and so on. And I do not want this trend to continue Raphael Devers is a guy you need to build up, build around. And he's again, going to solidify an infield that should be stacked from now for the next 10 years, legit with the guys you have coming up And I, I, sorry, it's a long take, but I'm pissed. I'm no, I agree with you. And I agree with you um, specifically on the player. I agree with you. Um, You know, the numbers can be, uh, you know, argued about, and we we've done it back and forth, but 30, you know, we were quibbling over 25, 28. Where do you start? between DH and third baseman, how do they want to look at it? And $30 million is just the number. Like, that's just where you need to start that negotiation. And um, he wants for, to play third base, too. We can get And he wants to play for the Red Sox. This is the difference between him and Bogarts and Mookie. Mookie didn't want to be here. And maybe it was that that was because they undercut him for three years in negotiations, so he wanted to get the fuck out of here. Um, I think it was a little bit more than that. Uh, you know, I just think, you know, it, it was never that great of a fit with Mookie Betts. It never felt like he kind of, you know, took Boston in as, as his spot, but Bogart certainly has, he's been here half of his life. Endeavors is Bogart's guy. You know, he's his mentor. So they're kind of hand in hand. If you, you're going to Red Sox, you're going to let though all those homegrown, all of these homegrown talent, top end stars walk out the door when you have a top three payroll in baseball that you can spend and a hundred million walking out, you know, a hundred million getting off your books next season. No, you you can't let that happen. Stop playing hardball with these guys. They're they're they got agents that are too smart for it. Just fucking pay them. Just pay them what they're worth. Pay them what they're you, worth. Yeah, and you're you already heard Bogarts come out and not happy. 
not happy. Not, not happy. Bye bye. Now I've been saying it for two years. We've been recording two. I thought I thought he was gone for two years. The red, you know, Yankees missed out on uh, Trevor Story. So watch them to be in play because you know as soon as Bogarts opts out at the end of this year, I've, I've predicted he's going to go to the Yankees and and they they're going to throw the money around, especially to steal a division rival. And and you're not worrying about anything, anything yeah. in New York's part, but. It's going to be hard to see that. All right, well, we'll talk more about that on the, on the Red Sox 7. I'll go with my opening take here. My opening take is the Celtics are dumb. Not full dumb. Not full, full, full dumb, but they're kind of dumb. They went full tilt against Memphis the last game of the season, uh, solidified their second place. They had a tight window to fill uh, in a tight needle to thread in terms of staying in that third seed and playing Chicago in the first round of the playoffs. However... Uh, I, I don't, I mean, good for the, normally I'm, I'm on board with play hard, get your momentum going to the playoffs, make sure you got your head, right. Don't be tanking, but I think they could have tried a little bit harder, harder to manipulate their way into that third seed specifically because you don't have Robert Williams. You don't have Robert Williams. And now by all intents and purposes, you're going to play the nets who have something to prove and the best player in the world. And you just made your life a living hell. It was a, I don't think it was a very calculated move. I think it was a move out of uh, uh, not quite arrogance, just like young, stupid, dumb arrogance by their young players who think that they can uh, take on anybody. And look, maybe they can. The Nets are not infallible. Maybe they can go in there and beat them. And I would actually probably favor the Celtics at this point, just the way the Nets are playing. But it's Kevin Durant. It's Kevin Durant. So it makes me nervous. It should. I like, we'll talk about it, but I think outside of like the Cavs, if they were to win tonight against the Nets and then have to follow up, play the Celtics and then play the Bucks, I think the Celtics have the hardest realistic path to the NBA finals in the NBA. They're going to have to go through the Nets, they're going to have to go through the Bucks, and then they'd have to go through probably Miami, whoever's coming out of that Miami or Philly. So you're going to have to play three of the top five teams in the East. Generally, when you get the two seed, that's not the case. Generally, you can walk through that first round. Uh, And especially without Rob Williams, I just thought they could have calculated that a little bit, a little bit more and, and, and found themselves in the three seed with a pretty easy, Mm -hmm. easy uh, first round angle. But it just shows you how good Rob, Rob Williams has been this year when he's the difference maker. I mean, you look at back to last year and you know, he was bye-bye find something for him. Now you're looking at him going, man, this is a good deal. He's getting better every year. And he's like, does he kind of go into that Tatum Brown category because they're a way better team with him on the floor. He doesn't, but I'll tell not you why. Super, not superstar. Not, not, that's not what I'm saying. Not quite budding. Not, not, not even budding, but I mean, in that like <laughs> non-tradable. I got like, you. I got you. you know yeah. I mean? Their, their chemistry is, I just is had to clarify that. <laughs> totally something, uh, totally something worth noting. And that's why I, I'm worried about this and call them stupid, not full stupid, uh, but dumb for not, you know, trying to get that third seed. But we'll see how it shakes out. And I, I disagree with you on the Robert Williams things, and I'll tell you why. But in the show, because we'll be talking about that, the NBA playing tournament, which we haven't really touched on at all ever. Uh, the Red Sox slow start, although they did get that win today. I just saw came back against the Detroit Tigers. Good for you. Uh, we'll do a little Bruins update, their injury status, their goalie status, a uh, quick Masters recap, and we are. Uh, uh, adding up the 
candidates for simplest minds of the week as the day goes on and it's only tuesday so what a dumb week for sports uh that'll be the show today the uh simple minds sports show special wednesday edition we're gonna drop this uh tomorrow because uh, we don't want to pull out time go by until friday so this is our wednesday edition welcome to the show As always, we are brought to you by White Birch Brewing, the best craft brewing in New Hampshire, Nashua, New Hampshire. Bill, address, please. 460 Amherst Street. Nailed it. Uh, get on down to the brewery. Get yourself a flight, a pint, or the Dr. Vittles flight of pints. Uh, try everything they got. Drink responsibly. Bring a friend. Bring a uh, Uber. Call up Uber Ray. He's looking for some extra cash, I'm sure. Uh, if you can't get down to the brewery, then get at your local beer store. Wherever you get it, tell them these Simple Minds boys sent you White Birch Brewing. All right, Bill, we're going to start with your favorite topic, the NBA. The NBA play-in tournament. Right now we're looking at, uh, so this is Tuesday as we're recording. Tonight we have the seven seed versus the eight seed Cavs and Nets. Um, do I don't know who just else. Record, do you, you just want to record it as the Nets killed the Cavs and yeah. they're playing the Nets because, come on, let's be real here. Bill yeah. Stradamus says the Nets win. Yeah, yeah, it, it, totally. And I, I don't who's the what's the uh, is it Hornets Hawks tonight or is it Spurs Pelicans tonight in the in the Western Conference? I don't know. Either way, those are the Western Conference matchups. Hornets and Hawks is the Eastern. Oh no, it's Clippers Timberwolves tonight as we go. And then it's tomorrow night is Hornets Hawks and Spurs Pelicans. Either way, here's my first question to you: What do you think of the play-in tournament? I know I'm not I the biggest it. NBA it. guy, but you do? I like it too. I do. It gives you teams more, you know, gives teams more chance, something more to play for as the season goes on. And I mean, I think it's exciting. It's a winner take all. And I mean, a lot of times, and you've seen it years past in the East, you're getting teams that are in that seventh, eighth, eighth, um, eighth range that are under 500 anyways, and just let them play for it. The only thing it's really fucking you over is a draft position. I think it's fun and it makes it more exciting. And again, we were bitching about it last year when the Celtics were in it, but I mean, it, it gives it more. I think it just it's more exciting, and it's the same thing with the wild card round in ba in baseball when they added that playing playing game. I've I've always liked it, you know, to an to an extent, you know, and we'll see if it gets gimmicky or something, you know, you're getting two really really good fucking teams not making the playoffs. Then you know, then can we tuck it up? But if you look at the West in years past, the West is dominated, and you've seen five hundred over five hundred teams not making it in the West when you've seen in the same years, you know, Atlanta made it one year. I think the Knicks made it one year under five, the yes. wizards, like, bullshit. you know, it's just, it's bullshit. And then you look out West and you could have 10 teams, 10 or 11 teams over 500. And then, you know, you have three of those teams not sniffing the playoffs because of, you know, the way seating works out there. So yeah, give it, give, gives more teams a chance. I like it. Yeah. I like it too, for everything that, that you just said. And you just look at the teams in it now, obviously the nets are the one that stand out and they had their circumstances. Kyrie being an idiot, Kevin Durant, of course, getting injured, trading uh, hard in the middle of the season. Um, but even the Hawks were in the Eastern conference finals last year, the Hornets are a team with a good roster that will probably never figure it out, but they got good players on there. And, uh, and the Cavs held down the top four position for almost three quarters of the season and yeah, injuries caught up to fell. them. Well, also the Celtics got a hot, 
I mean, if you look at the, where the Cavs were and where the Celtics were, Celtics weren't on their run after January where they were unbeatable. And they, they vaulted basically all the way up to the number one seed and, and teams had to fall. So the Bulls were up top three team and they fell too. I mean, the, the East, sing, it, it changed hands as soon as the Celtics decided they wanted to play basketball or, or got better, whatever you right. want to attribute to how they played, coaching, player development, whatever. Yep. That, that just shook, shook up the whole East from top to bottom because of where the Celtics were. At one point, they were ninth at 23 and 24 in January, and they finished at, what, 32 and 7 or 32 and 6 to finish or some bullshit like that. So, I mean, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, they turn it on, that, and the that, Bucks turn it on around the same time. Cavs got the injury bug, and the Bulls couldn't get over the injury bug. So, Toronto, too. And Toronto turned it on too. They started beating some teams. So yeah, that'll, that'll kind of work to the favor, but to your point, you know, you got four good teams in this playing tournament for the East and uh, we'll see who makes it out. Obviously the Cavs don't have a chance and we'll see if Trey young can drag that team any further than they've gone. But yeah, I agree with you. It's just, it's made the uh, it's made a good portion of the season more entertaining for the NBA where it probably could have ended three weeks ago. If there wasn't a playing tournament, we would have just locked in those seeds. Right. Or, you know, you would have too, but it also gave teams like, you know, LeBron James a chance to quit on his team to must win game to get into the play in tournament. So, I mean, you know, you had that drama as well. <laughs> he might. Yeah. You, you, it's supposed to take teams away from the, uh, the allure to tank and not, not old Bronny, not old Bron Bron didn't quite see an end of the tunnel there. So decided to call it quits. They didn't make the playoffs because of injuries. He may show up at another point of this, of this uh, show. Can I, what happened to the Clippers? I know Kawhi hasn't played in, in a very long time. I'm not sure if he's even I in think the Paul NBA George, anymore. I think Paul George missed like half the season too, right? They, but this isn't just this year, which they've been so, so quiet and just nothing, but, They've had just, they got, uh, they lost. Did they have a 3 0 lead in the bubble and lost that? 3 3 1. 3 1 lead in the bubble. Uh, Doc Rivers, you know, famously, how many, how many 3 1 leads has he lost? Three or four? Three, three, I believe. And now they got, uh, Tyrone, um, Lou. What the hell? What Ty, the f- Tyrone Lou. Ty, Tyrone Ty Lou. I almost said Williams, but yeah. Uh, it doesn't seem like things change. They just seem like a team that should be much better than they are. And here they are sitting in the playing game, uh, taking on the Timberwolves who seem like they should be much worse than they are. Um, I don't, I don't know. That's a question that I had. And then the other one was, is Zion Williams Williamson, the biggest bust since the Cavs took something called Anthony Bennett, number one overall. I mean, and the Pelicans are now sitting here in, in the playing tournament without Zion Williams playing, is it Williams Williamson? Why is my brain not working today? Zion Williamson. Yeah. You're just uh, coming back from vacation, baby. I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Is he the biggest bust? And what and what's the deal with the Clippers? Uh, the Clippers, I mean, they've they've had a lot of roster turnover and they're they're missing their best player. I mean, Kawhi Leonard's that big of a difference maker, right? I mean, he's just probably the biggest reason why Toronto's won a championship and you know in that year in San Antonio, 2014 against, you know, he basically was just the big reason why they, the, the Spurs beat Miami heat. He broke up the heat. 
Yeah. You know, LeBron went running after that. I mean, he's that good. He can lock you down on defense and he's one of the best scorers in the league when he wants to be right. So, I mean, you've seen him time after time, big shots when you're missing that it's hard. It's hard to, to feel the team. I mean, I've never thought Ty Lue was a good coach. The only reason he's won a, um, a world championship is because he had LeBron James and Kyrie Irving. I mean, he won that year in Cleveland and that's, the, that's it. He, he sucked after that got fired there. You know, he, was this his second job now before the, after the um, Cleveland second head job. Yeah. He's been, tagging on with doc he went yeah, he with, went, he went crawling doc, back yeah. to doc rivers you know it's just you still have morris there who's not a good guy obviously you know a lot of excuses and just the injury bugs so we'll see you know i always thought spolter wasn't a good coach in miami but you kind of seen what he's done you know ty yeah, Lu has good. been the complete and utter opposite and he's been what LeBron's made him and it's clear with that much talent in the Clippers you should be better than the eight seed you know and as far as the look at the Pelicans making the play in tournament before you go forward my point on the Clippers Paul George uh, was one of the most overrated players in the NBA now he's fallen down the charts and people don't think about him anymore but he should have he should have been better to make that team better I I think I've always thought that he was overrated in Indiana yeah, I thought that he was better in Indiana. Yeah, and I that's thought, what I'm going to ask you. Was he overrated when he was playing in Indiana? Because I no, think because after it, he left, exactly. After he wasn't he left called Indiana. one of the best players in the NBA. But when he I was mean, with I, Indiana. He was still in the up and up, and then he broke his leg, and then he was coming back. And then when he went to uh, OKC, OKC with yeah. Russell Westbrook, and then they vaulted him in the best players in the NBA conversation, I just never thought that was the case. No, I don't think so either. I think after Indy, because that's my point exactly. When he was in Indy, that's like, oh, my God, I want him on the Celtics, right? Yeah. I think one year he was most improved player. You saw it. He was a lockdown defender. He made Team USA, snapped his leg, and that was it. I think he turned into a diva after that. He was shy coming back that one year. I think the second year he came back, he blew up in Indiana, and then he was like, I want out. Because his name started getting – he got more buzz now coming back from broken leg, right? Right. He could have been what Gordon Haywood could have been, but Gordon Haywood broke his leg too late (laughs) in his career, right? Does that make sense? Like he broke it 28-29, which Paul George broke it like 23-24, so now you're seeing that one good year. The spotlight shines bright on you. Right, yeah. It's like I'm – right? That makes sense. I mean, that's my theory. It's a good point. He's just not as good as he was. But, yeah, anyway, Zion Williamson is – Look, so many people were high on him, and I'm not trying to to. I I don't know if I said it on our show, but I never wanted him. I never thought that he like he can't shoot. I don't want people who can't shoot. I think Ray was the only guy that wanted him. Truthfully, he's from Duke though. Ray has real anti Duke thing, but yeah, he's also fat, so they probably had that thing going for him. So I don't know. I I would stay away from Zion Williams. Ray got food poisoning, so let's see how much weight he loses. I hope he, I really hope he gets better as I hope from the bottom of my heart. I really hope that nothing bad happens to Ray and I hope he's feeling a I wish million. This was li- I wish this was live. So he could be like listening to us right now. Talk shit. So we can get a call in <laughs> uh, Celtics in that second seed waiting for the nets to demolish the Cavs. Did they fuck up my opening take of a kind of semi piece on that? Did they screw up in the, uh, in doing what they did with Memphis the last game of the season going full tilt? Yeah, because Brooklyn scares the shit out of me. And I know they haven't been playing up to their potential. You still should beat them, even without Rob Williams. I think you have the second best player in the league. I mean, in the, in the series. Maybe the third, it's debatable where you want to rank Kyrie, because I think on skill set oh, alone. Oh, it's second. I think. Uh, look, Jason I'm Tate, not, right. I'm not afraid of Kyrie in this series. I think Kyrie is uh, a little turtle place. boy and won't be able to play in Boston. He'll have a, a big game 
one of these games, but no, it's but Jason. It's Tatum. Still Kevin, but it's also still Kevin Durant. It's Kevin, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant can can win this series by himself. And I know he hasn't played basketball all year, but you have an X factor in Ben Simmons. If he can somehow come back in this series, I mean, even give you quality minutes off the bench as a as a defender, he's all NBA defender. I mean, that's something the Celtics haven't really seen, and especially against Brooklyn. And he's a guy that can handle the ball. You can take the ball out of Kyrie's hands, take the ball out of Kevin Durant's hand, Durant's hand, and have them moving. You look at in how what Durant did in kind of in um Golden State where he was off the ball a lot, had Steph and Clay kind of bring it up and he was just a deadly shooter. He can go back to that with Ben Simmons because Ben Ben Simmons is a one of the better pure point guards in the league. I get he can't shoot, can't get to the you know any of that shit. But as far as defense and passing, I mean that's one of the better additions they could have. Totally if he plays, here's my deal with I ben don't Simmons. expect him to, but he's an expert. I don't think he's gonna play this year. I think that He's looking at that $19 million lawsuit he's got against Philly, and it, it, it's a better chance of him getting that money back if he doesn't play. And I think that's the only thing he cares about. I don't think he's a competitor. I hate Ben Simmons in that fashion. But if they were to un- unleash him, here's what the best thing to do. And I don't know if Steve Nash understands how to coach defense. doesn't look like he does. But you put Ben Simmons on Jalen Brown and lock him down. He double-team Tatum and – defensively if you can hold that then the Celtics are fucking screwed and the Celtics the thing that worries me just as much about Kevin as Kevin Durant is as with the Celtics is what their Achilles heel is their offense can go flat their offense can go flat pretty quick and their defense can keep a minute but not against a team like Brooklyn not against Kevin Durant and Kyrie if he turns it on like you're gonna have to win most games over 100 110 to 116 like you're not going to hold the Brooklyn Nets to 98 points for seven games. So that makes that that's, can they win four games in that fashion? I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. And you don't have, I don't know. I think they as, can. And they should look if Jalen Brown and, and Tatum are on their a game, if they are shooting well, then they, then they should do it. And Tatum has historically had really, really good, uh, performances against this team so he should kind of go off i would think he likes um, to show up Kyrie. i think that's the biggest thing i don't mean to interrupt but i mean go ahead to kind of go to your point the celtics as good as jason tatum and jalen brown are when they're when they're cold they're cold they can't shoot you into a series they can't shoot you into a win i don't think they're as good as shooters i mean you look at a guy like kevin durant when he's on fire he's on fire and again same thing with Kyrie Irving. when he you know you saw him what a month ago Went like what 19 to 24, dropped 50 points. I mean, those are the kind of guys that could shoot you out of games, right? The Celtics don't have that. They don't, they can when the rest of your offense is ice cold, you have two options on on the nets with in Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie Irving that could shoot your way out of it. I don't think Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum are kind of on that level. Does that make sense? Yeah, they're not quite. I mean, Tatum can do it if he's on, but he's not a give him the ball and get the fuck out of the way level. But Kevin yet. Durant and Kyrie. Totally. Kevin Durant far. can be in. And here's a, like, if you want to drill it down one step further, I think I'm not a basketball expert expert, but I've watched, watched a lot of it. I don't think Tatum and Brown have quite figured out where to get to on the floor when they need a bucket. Right. So like you watch the great, you watch Kobe Bryant, even LeBron, obviously KD, they understand. Jordan. Jordan, of course, they understand Bird where too. on the yeah, court, all those guys. Yeah. Right. Any, any elite score, they understand where on the court they're going to make a bucket when they need it. And they 
and they get there no matter what. What, oh, yeah. what Brown and Tatum haven't quite figured out how to do is when the defense is keen on them and doubling them, how to get to their spot no matter what. So to your point, you're right. Like if, if the defenses are good enough, they can, they can stop that. And I don't know yeah. if Tatum or Brown are, are quite at that elite level as KD to, uh, to find that spot and even Kyrie in certain spots, but, but they should beat him, Bill. I mean, the Celtics are a better team, I think overall. And, and Jason Tatum's ellipse, you know, gone to a level that he's in the conversation as that top five. So they should be, yeah, they should. And in a, to, to your point about, you know, not finding that area when remember Paul Pierce back in the day, and he was in one of the right. lead scorers in the league when he couldn't find it, he would go and, and start shooting those elbow shots, mm-hmm. you know, right from the elbow and start when he starts making those and you start moving back out, he knew it every single time. And when he was hitting those, you, he was on un, unstoppable and, right. and he figured out a shot for most of the games. And he was one of those guys. I wanted the ball in his hands, no matter what, if he, he could have been three for 30, if they're yeah. down two, I want him shooting the three for the game. I, but anyways, yeah, I, I Tatum, and to your point, to your point, Tatum, that for Tatum is that sidestep three, which is another 12 feet away from the basket than from the elbow. And it's a much, you know, when he's on, that'll go in and that's his, that's his comfort level. But I would like to see him get closer to the basket and have that like Jalen Brown's mid range fadeaway against one-on-one. Like that's pretty automatic too. I want to see a high percentage team, shot. Yeah, I don't exactly. care if it goes. I want to see a high percentage shot, but I said it last week. You're, it's a a failure of a season if you do not beat Brooklyn in the first mm-hmm. round. Um, even how good they've been playing with the way Kyrie and, and and Kevin Durant have been playing, it's been taking them to drop fifty points a night for Brooklyn to stay into a lot of these games, if not losing them. You know, three weeks ago on a Saturday, K- KD dropped fifty five and looked all worldly and dragged Brooklyn. They haven't been right all year. Kyrie's been in and out of the lineup, hasn't played home games until recently, and even when they've been playing together for over a month now straight since they've been lifted the mandate in New York for him to play, and they have not got it together that's plenty of time to get it together i think there's a lot of issues there you heard it kind of come out today kd questioned james hard in the beginning of the season because he showed up uh, um, in training camp out of shape james hard took it the wrong way and started a beef with him and that's basically led to him wanting to leave so i mean it's there's some dysfunction there and when it all comes down to it it's kevin durant's team <laughs> yeah, i yeah. don't care what it's, it's it's durant's team but yeah it's just it's weird no there's yeah. dysfunction i mean it's, there's it's two- the dumpster fire Two, two. We called that. I called it too early. I'm, I'm, I called it Christmas. I think the season started December 22nd. I had said Christmas. Yeah, last year you had Christmas. You thought it was happening three days. I think whenever I had it, there was a Valentine's, Valentine's Day, Day in the playoffs. Either way, it burnt last year. It's burning now. We'll see if the Celtics can fully extinguish them uh, and move on. If they do, that's a nice confidence boost, and they sound confident. Jason Tatum. He's walking in this thinking he's the best player in the world. Marcus Smart wants to lock up Kyrie. They got, they got some young arrogance on their side, and that's a, they're getting a little ballsy. I don't look know if, if you I were like a Nets, if you were a Nets fan, I probably wouldn't want to play the Celtics because you got a young, arrogant, talented team. I'm the I am the opposite. I'm the opposite I, I, because I you know why? To... Because you and I don't want to play the Nets, right? And that's the same reason why every nobody Nets, wants to Nets play the fans, Nets. Exactly. And that's why every net fan wants to play the Celtics. You heard, who was it? JJ Reddick said it a couple from the years ago when Kyrie and um, what's his name went down uh, Gordon Hayward, that teams were lining up to play the Celtics. Right. No. And so, I mean, I feel like this is as good as the Celtics are like the nets think fans think they should beat them because they think of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. 
Maybe I just, I just, when the, the, uh, in any sport, if you got a young, confident, arrogant, talented team in the playoffs, that's a, that's a dangerous team. Like, because if you let them get confidence, they'll roll. You know, if you punch them in the mouth, they could fold. But if you let them get enough confidence, you know, if Celtics walk in and TD Garden and roll over the Nets in game one, it's going to be a real hard series for the Nets. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for them because they're going to be playing with confidence. If they get punched in the mouth in game one, might be over in five, might be over in six for the Celtics. But uh, that's what I mean by young and arrogant and talented. They, they're kind of flowing with their emotions now. Yeah, for sure. And let's hope they don't get too cocky now because that's the biggest thing. You win one big, and then, then they're like, okay, we can kill these guys. And then you you give a slimmer of hope and start disrespecting Kevin Kevin Durant. And what, what's going to happen? He's going to drop 50 or 60 on you, and then it's yeah. a whole new series. That's the X factor the Celtics don't have. Yeah. They I don't agree. have someone that can score, score whenever the fuck he pleases. I agree with you. I, I listened to the end of the uh... – the baseball show that was released today with you and Ray, you got, uh, you said I have a, uh, <laughs> you, said, you said I had an only child problem. Cause I, I, I have to Ray said We both have to be right. It's not, we both have to write. We just spark things in the, each other that we want to add to the conversation. And so right. we, we go along. This is what's happening right now. This is, <laughs> it's like an hour. <laughs> this is what's happening right now. It just hasn't stopped. So let's take a quick break and come back with some Red Sox talk as we're, you know, 40 minutes into the show. We'll finally get to the baseball season. We'll be right back. You know, I'll give a say the reason is because it's like Ray just all right let's just keep going like when you hear him read the questions it's like a legit thing like this is a conversation like yeah a legit like debate and conversation Ray's was like oh yeah yeah okay so moving on yeah so when it's in the, like an hour when it's the three of us that go oh fuck yeah Ray hasn't talked in 40 minutes Ray do you have an opinion on this no I agree with both of you of course you do let's move on because a lot of times like <laughs> I can it's not that I'm snip snapping it's like I can be reasoned with Sure. With other people cannot be reasoned with, it's that. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 That's Doctor Big Mac. You know, if anything, he's loyal to to everything, even his stupid, even his stupid thoughts. Um. Speaking of being stupid, Red Sox off to a uh, flat start here. So dropped two or three to the Yankees. Of course, they uh, first game against the Tigers lost three to one. They did win today. What was that? Five to three. Yeah. Five to three. Yep. And they're back. playing they're down three nothing. Detroit. That was Tuesday. They won five to three, and they're playing again today, Wednesday, as this is released. Two one one p.m. starts in a row for uh, in Detroit. In Detroit's weird. A little bit weird. Maybe they just don't think they can get anybody to go anyway. So might as well play it during the day. Uh, yeah, there was nobody there. I was watching a lot of it. The benefit of working from home and having having Nesson. Sorry, Rich. I got to I got to I got to watch a little bit, but it's been frustrating to hey, watch. Give me two this. seconds on this, yep. Nesson. You sons of bitches, Nesson <laughs> or YouTube TV, whoever. It's Nesson because they won't pay to get on the other fucking platforms. I can't watch the Bruins. I can't watch the Red Sox unless I want to play. Pay upwards of four hundred dollars for these two things on the NHL and MLB packaging. I can't watch, and I'm not going to watch all the Red Sox games in an entire. So can I justify paying the $120? Not really, but you can't, I can't get Nesson through fucking anything out of market. I can't watch these games. It's ridiculous. It's absurd. 
that they make it so hard. Nesson is not a poor company. You're owned by the fucking Red Sox and the Bruins. They got more money to dump into that into that network than they can fucking count. Just put some money into it and make it available. Make it its own app for 15 bucks or whatever that I can buy and watch yeah. the games. Oh, you can. I don't think I can. I've tried everything. Oh, I thought MLB is doing like a streaming package. MLB is Nesson isn't. I can buy oh. just Red Sox games for I think it's 130 bucks for the season, which I guess isn't that bad when you break it down to seven months of baseball, but it just chaps my ass. Like, yeah, I, me, I, I, ha, I pay for YouTube TV and streaming. I'll pay for the Fubo. I tried the Fubo today. Couldn't get Nesson on there. It's you know, what's just funny, too, because so I've always made fun of you guys for like streaming and shit. But when I was like, you know, half here, half at the flop house. I hadn't fully moved the cable over. And Queens Landing, yeah. Yeah, she was doing just a stream. It's just her and the kids or whatever. And you know me, I need a TV. Yep. So I was like, we tried the Fubo. Just, I kept getting like free free trials just to do this. Or I'd pay like a month just to watch like the NFL and Red Zone or whatever. Before I, and I finally moved the cable over. Right. But I was like, dude, f- what the fuck? Like Fubo is like all soccer bullshit. And I'm like, yeah. I'm not doing this one just because I'm watching Bruins games. I'll fucking do whatever. <laughs> But now I just I just pay Comcast. I can't I just I can't find it anywhere. So needless to say, I, I haven't figured out my option how to watch the Red Sox yet. I will. I'll, I'll figure it out. But I haven't caught a lot of and I was on vacation. Raymond, I haven't caught a lot of these uh, early uh, Sox games in and out. I was during the beginning. of this. So I'll throw it over to you, Bill. The, the early struggles. What do you lend them to? Um, slow start for the offense. What do you think of the pitching? And just to flash forward in our conversation here, WEI uh, has already claimed the Red Sox as the best bullpen in baseball yeah, pump after three games. Brakes. So uh, I throw it over to you. Your thoughts you on the Red Ryan Sox slow start. last night through a 95, don't, 95 don't, mile You know not to get ball. me started on fucking oh, yeah, Ryan Brace. Listen, you, up and in and Javi Baez put about 400 feet in for a fucking game winning home run. But, you know, who's how cocked was his neck at the time? That's my uh, only question. Yeah. Anyways, I think the biggest struggle has obviously been offense, but offense in general is always down in April. I mean, the cold weather, you know, you know, it's the sun is shining right now and it's 55 out. What's it going to be tonight? If theoretically, if they play tonight, I mean, that's why they're playing these day games in Detroit. You know, if you look at the central times, they always do it. That's why there's a lot of off days and they built in the weather. It sucks. You've seen snow this time of year. You've seen all sorts of shit in these games, rain. It's just miserable weather. Offense is going to start picking up when the weather starts picking up. And and right now, I mean, your best hitter has been out the last three games. Trevor Sorry, I think he was available to maybe run the bases today. I think he got food poisoning. Um, it was non-COVID related, but he got food poisoning or something. I mean, that's a big loss. The the lineup right now is the biggest reason. Your offense, your pitching, believe it or not, has kept you in games. Again, you know, which is Michael Walker kept you in the game. You've seen even Evaldi against Garrett Cole. I mean, he kind of gave it back, but it was still 3-3 when he got out after five. So, I mean, you've, you've been in all these games. You've only lost one, two run games. I mean, offense has been key. You had one, you had one hit going into the sixth or seventh inning last night. It was a home run against Detroit. Same thing today. You didn't get your first hit till the fifth inning. I was watching it and you're already down three, nothing. So, I mean, that's been your biggest problem. You got to get your lineup figured out. You need more balance in your lineup. We'll see what happens when Trevor story can get back in this lineup and play every day, but that's your biggest struggle right now. Bullpen's been a okay. Whitlock through three today. Look really, really good. He gave up one walk. I mean, they just signed him for another four year deal. He looks like a fucking 
a stud. You need to figure out a way to get him in the rotation, start stretching him out a little bit more because he looks like a legit weapon. Uh, Dykeman in the bullpen, he's looked good. Um, You know, I kind of said he could probably close for you before the season. And, you know, he he struck out what Stanton, Judge, and and Joey Gallo, who who all have home run power. So, I mean, yep. I Afterwards was asked, league, do, you, but... do you want to be the closer? And he said, I don't give a shit. So this guy's yeah, already on seven, my, I like this guy. He had seven saves last year for Oakland. I mean, he, you know, he could have had, he had a bad rough, he had a little rough stretch. I think he blew two in a row and then Lou Trevino and Oakland kind of took that over and ran with it. But I mean, he, he could be a good weapon until you figure out what you're going to do with Matt Barnes came in yesterday, pitched one inning, I think gave up a walk or a hit or a double to um, Miguel Cabrera with Jackie Bradley took a bad, bad bounce a bad beat on it but you know you got to figure that out but it could be i mean your bullpen kind of solidified yourself a little bit later in the season when you kind of stopped using matt barnes uh hansel hansel robles kind of looked okay garrett whitlock is your weapon you know we'll see it sounds like they're going to piggyback him off rich, rich hill every time they're out because rich hill um four innings three runs uh he just threw up meatball after meatball that fucking two pitch pitcher Ugh. 43 years old whatever yeah um Look, I I know baseball has changed and the starting pitcher is not what it used to be even just a couple of years ago. However, like the idea of bringing in a guy that can just shut a team down for the first, even if it's the first three innings, four innings, instead of maybe the first five or six, like it used to be not even coming close to the nine complete game type of thing. The Red Sox don't have that without Chris Sale. Evaldi can come and do it every fourth game. Maybe you'll throw a gem, but he's going to be both. Basically your boy sure as shit can't do it as a number two starter. No, he can't, but he's not supposed to be a number two starter. He's supposed to be number three starter. And don't be, don't already, don't start this shit talking on Pavetta already, Bill. You lost last year. My boys, Evaldi and Pavetta held down those, held down their rotation last year. Give him credit where credit is due. Uh, but yeah, they, he might turn into a pumpkin. Like it, it's certainly a big year for Pavetta. Like he's got to do what he did last year to be considered a solid three starter, I think, for this team. Ivaldi, I think he's earned it. He's 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 not an ace, but he's earned like he should be solid, opening day solidly in that number two spot. But it's you know it's Chris Sale that you're missing. It's that guy that can come in every five or six days with a fragile bitch like that and throw you six strong solid innings and just be that guy. I still think baseball needs that. I still think the best teams in baseball have that. Uh, even if they don't rely on it, even if the Garrett Whitlocks of the world that pitches, you know, a couple times a week, three or four innings in the middle of the game are more uh, important to the nerds. I still think that top rotation guy is is something that you need. And uh, as much as you said, the, the pitchers that kept them in that kept them in it. Uh, that's the hole that I see. For the sure. E- that EI the article right now yeah, is the reason they're start. The pitching is the reason you know, there's kept them in games, but this offense is still a top seven, six or seven offense in all of baseball. They're going to hit. They're going to hit. And I'm like I said, I'm not worried. I'm not, I'm not worried about the offense. Ray asked me last week when you were out, what's the biggest need or what's the biggest concern? I said, starting pitching, but I said pitching and I rephrased it to pitching as a whole. It's a big fucking need. Chris sales, a big question mark. But my point to that was, was they did it the same thing last year and went to the ALCS without Chris Sale. Who did you lose? Yeah, E-Rod. no, 
And what did Erod uh, do last year? You are so fuck. You love Erod. No, I'm just saying. Who did you lose last year? You lost yeah, yeah, yeah. from last year. Erod and Garrett Richards. And what did they do last year? Two piles of turds. Let them fucking rot in wherever the hell they are. Cincinnati and or Texas and Detroit. Uh, Detroit I think I don't even know where yeah. um, Richards is. I don't know where he is either. But you would you would think with the acquisitions of Waka, even Rich Hill. Um, and you know, some of the guys in the bullpen that they can make up for that production. I mean, I get Erod, he can, he comes and goes, you know, I, I, they shouldn't, they shouldn't miss him. Let me just read what they wrote on EEI about this bullpen. It's laughable. This was after the Yankee series quote in securing the win. The Red Sox relief pitchers got the final 17 out. The, by the way, this is after the, the win, the only win of the series. And they're acting like they fucking swept them. They lost two out of three and they're they won. So laughable. I don't even know who writes there. Bradford. They're the, they, they carry the only, it's the only team in town. WEI carries is the Red Sox. So they pump their tires so deliberately. It's gross. And here's an example. They say in securing the win, the Red Sox relief pitchers got the final 17 outs against the potent Yankees lineup, not giving up a single run. When the three game series was all said and done, the Sox bullpen faced 52 batters, allowing just nine hits and one unrun. That's good. They go on to say two weeks ago, Ryan Brazier's velocity was simply unacceptable. Cutter Crawford going to be a solid depth option in Worcester. Matt Strom was a guy that a few Boston had seen. Pitched thanks to his six and two thirds inning in San Diego, 2021 Hansel and Greta Robles was pitching to 16 year olds at the Red Sox Dominican Academy. And Dickman was a veteran who suddenly couldn't find his miles per hour per hour on a slider and was walking the world. They go to say, well, the narratives have officially changed. There's no way to go. <laughs> there's, there's a ways to go before the Red Sox can stake claim to the no doubt about it collection of game enders. But when you land after the MLB's first wave of series with the best relievers, ERA 0.69 in baseball, that's a pretty good start. Jesus, that was a glowing glowing review for a team that just lost two out of three to your rival that is does the red sox own eei now like they're the the only team ei covers sports have the celtics the bruins and the patriots Patriots. they got patriots monday where they get the interviews they get all the red sox all ei has are the red sox so they can't be pissing them off they gotta pump those tires oh my god this is like i i like i said i think i texted i like the dykeman signing i said i think that's a good he's good lefty he can close for us i think that's okay and if you need a stopgap he's a guy that could solidify the back end but it's still ew austin davis again gave up was disgusting how is that guy still on the team? Yeah, it went Austin Davis, then Ryan Brazier, and then you lose by two runs because Harvey Javi Baez puts one into the seats off Brazier. Like, and then today, I guess Whitlock came and gave you three, and then we I came up here, so I didn't see the, the end of it where we started recording. But Whitlock's your stud. But again, if the usage like they've been using him last year, I don't expect to see him for five days, and he's going to piggyback off Rich Hill. That's not a way to run a bullpen. So, I mean, it, this is going to be the most ridiculous thing. There's and, not and, any two arms in there. Like, Deakman, yeah, cool. Like him, good. You want to tell me that he's not going to run into a three-week stretch where he kind of falls off, and then you got to rely on somebody else? And how many games do you drop in between before you figure out the you guy that's upcoming hot? schedule? So, Detroit, you're one-on-one against. You have Minnesota to the, at the start of the homestand. You have... 
Tampa and Toronto coming up. So you, you could be looking at the bottom in April. I mean, you got a losing record and I picked you to, I actually believe it or not, Rich. Now I said 90 in the baseball show, but you're still finishing fourth in that division. If you don't get off to a hot start, you know, you got lucky last year winning what 11 straight, 12 straight or whatever it was. Yeah. I remember last year they got swept by the Orioles in the first series, but uh, this one feels a little bit, a little bit different because the competition. And then lastly, reinforcement. uh, So, yeah. Lastly, your opening take Red Sox are a hundred million dollars apart on Devers. You just can't let it happen. Go pay the guy $30 million a year. Just give, give him the money, give him the money, give him the money, give him whatever years he wants. Just give him the money. Bam. A friend of a friend of mine, you know, him and I debate this a lot. Um, you overpay to keep your homegrown talent. You overpay to keep the guys that you've invested in. And I am completely and utterly okay with that because Devers in a is in a position now where if he gets out of shape or any of that stuff or his defense really, really slips, that DH spot's going to open up and it's like, Devers, this is what I want you to do. I want you to focus on your hitting and you pay him accordingly to hit. You did the same thing with Ortiz. You bring Ortiz in, have some talk with him. They're both Dominican or he's an idolized Ortiz. Bring him in and let's go. You know he wants to be here. He's been with the Red Sox since he was like 16 years old, developing in the in the Dominican Academy. And, you know, same thing with Bogarts. They've been there forever. You overpay to keep your guys, period. And even if he does just hit and you're overpaying him, because we've had this conversation, and I and I stand by my take. I think that guys that play the field and hit should get paid more. That you know, I don't disagree with the Carlos take. Correa's and you know and Xander Bogarts of the world that hit at the top of the league and field should get paid more than just DHs. That just seems like a, a labor, you know, uh, makes sense. However, if it takes what it takes to, to your point, and I agree with you specifically for this Red Sox organization that are on the cups of letting three top of the league guys walk out their door that they brought through their system and Mookie Betts, Xander Bogarts and Raphael Devers pay your fucking guys. What does it say to the, uh, to the mayors and the, uh, the Jeter downs and the Nick Yorks of the world and Tristan Cassis of the world coming up. What does it say? You're, you're going to play here for six years. We'll, we'll you know, fight you in arbitration for four of them. And then what you'll walk out the door when you actually want to get a paycheck, not a good way to run your system, not a good no, way not, to run your system. Not at all. And again, you're supposed to be a big market team. You're supposed to keep these guys. You're supposed to be, I mean, you look at the track record. You've rewarded Ortiz. Granted, you paid him accordingly to a DH hall of famer. You paid Dustin or uh, Dustin Pedroia. Say what you want. I, I love Dustin Pedroia. He's a borderline hall of famers, hall of fame second baseman, maybe get in because the media loved him, right? You, you paid those guys. Devers is the same way. Devers and Bogarts are the same way. I, you know, I think you and I differ a little bit on the Bogarts thing. I'm, I'm 50, 50 on, on paying him Carrera money because I think Carrera is in a different class. I like Carrera better, especially he's a gold glover, silver, silver glover, whatever you want to call him now. Just, just so we're clear on why I think they should pay Bogarts. It's because of what I just said. Yeah, no, because I don't of disagree. Because the homegrown aspect, not the, not necessarily the skill. I agree with you. I think there, you know, there are some better shortstops in the league, but they haven't done it in Boston for half of their lives. Right. And no, they're not I, the I, face of the team. They don't want to be here. Like he's just done everything right. Pay the fucking guy. Pick one. If you had to pick one. Because I'm going to pick one to overpay, and you only get one, Devers or Bogarts. Um, this might surprise you, but I'm going to go Bogarts only because I'm a little bit worried about Devers' health. Bogarts is a guy that does not miss time. And Devers is a guy that I can see developing a, a chronic injury 
uh, quote unquote, if, you know, if he's not happy moving forward or whatever, you know, he gets the big paycheck and then all of a sudden he comes into camp with a couple extra 25 pounds on him. And I just like the fact that you have top end offensive talent at a shortstop position or even a second base position if they want to move him to third base even. Well, what do you think about Trevor Story? So if you so take Trevor Story into consideration, right? So you can legit move him to shortstop. He's a better defensive shortstop than Bogarts is. I mean, he's a legitimate gold glove caliber. He hasn't won it, but he's been a nominated three times or two times. Sure. So, I mean, that, so you take that. For me, it's Devers. I just think I, I understand your injury history stuff, but you look over the last three years, he's played hundred game, over 140 games, 150 games. I mean, he's right up there. You know, he 2020 excluded because he didn't play that. I, I don't even know how many games they played, 60 games or whatever. Um, but I mean, he's still been in there every day, you know, and especially as a DH, I expect him to play more. I mean, even Ortiz was up there into the 150s. He took a few days off. And, and I just think I, I see him involving into one of those Ortiz type players, make him that superstar, make him that like, you know, next face of the franchise, because as much as we love Bogarts, I think it's Devers could be easily be that face. I mean, he just seems like that lovable like teddy yeah. bear, like, like David Ortiz was, you know what I mean? You could persuade me for sure. Let me ask you one final question on this. If they gave Bogarts the top end deal, do you think Devers would take less on a short-term deal? Nope. Yeah, I probably don't. I probably agree. You're a hundred million off now and a short term and a short term deal doesn't benefit you or the Red Sox. It benefits do you think Bogarts would take a 30 million. Do you think you give him eight years and 30 million? Instead of 35 okay, yeah. that they're asking for. If you can get him between 25 like, to 30, I, think I just think magic- they're linked, right? I think that yeah. there's, I, I, I can't get off this hometown thing. And I think that they like each other and like playing with each other. And they want to be respected by the Red Sox. If you went to both those guys and said, look, Xander, we're going to give you eight years, 30 per Devers. We're going to give you 10 years, 30 per you guys are going to be the face of the Red Sox for the next decade. You guys in let's go. We'll see. You yeah, think, you I know? mean, we'll see. I mean, yeah, because then you have prospects you can start dealing that mayor kid. I mean, how much do you value that mayor kid, right? So I mean, I but even that's... that, even the mayor kid, even if he comes up to be a stud, Bogarts, let's shift you to third. A mayor, you're at third. Trevor, you don't want to play second. Bye bye. We'll trade you. Whatever, you know. Or Bogarts, you want you become a problem. We'll trade you. You you got your guys in your system. You can always deal them. You can always move them. You know, Devers by all like you said, all intent, he's going to the DH spot. I mean, come on, he's. He's improved, but he's still pretty much a butcher at third base. Yeah. So, sure. you know, you're going to have an open infield spot and you got enough of them coming up and you need pitching. So, yeah. The, and you're the Red Sox. We haven't mentioned that. You're the Red Sox. Fucking pay these guys. All right. Just right. pay them. Pay Just em. pay them. For the love of God, you gave Chris Sale a hundred million dollars. He's pitched nine starts since you gave pay, him that contract. Pay that man his money. Pay that man his money. Uh, Okay, well, come on, Sox, figure it out. Let's give us a baseball season. Let's not fucking go into the basement just yet. Uh, speaking of basements, let's throw it on over to Headlines with the Queen. I like it. Uh, good day. I'm your queen. Uh, Red Sox are terrible. Celtics are dumb. Patriots are lazy. And the Bruins are broken. This has been your Headlines with the Queen. beautiful yes beautiful yeah well done really crushed that uh all right uh, we're so late let's do a quick bruins update uh injury updates you got Lindholm day-to-day past neck day-to-day grizzly day-to-day um again i've been on vacation 
and it's hard for me to watch these games. Just give me your assessment on on the injuries. Not necessarily. I just want to know, do you think, do you expect them back and how quickly, how specifically Lindholm and Pasternak? Yeah. Lindholm sounds like a sprained knee or a bruise. It's a lower body, but they were, he was skating Saturday before practice. Pasternak, he is an upper body. I've heard rumors that he, he has a uh, hairline fra- uh, rib fracture uh, that he's been dealing with since mid March and he's been gutting it out. And then um, he got, he kind of tweaked it. I'm fine with shutting him down. Seriously. There's nine, 10 games left. I would keep him out to the playoffs, get him as healthy as possible. Lindholm. I, I wouldn't mix him in games, make sure he's healthy. I wouldn't, I wouldn't um, rush. I wouldn't sacrifice health for seating if I'm the Bruins. Um, so I, I'd take it slow with those two guys. They're probably the two mo- past next your most important player on the Bruins. He's your best offensive player. He's your best goal scorer. You've seen it in the last four games. They've been 0 and 16 on the road on the power play. He's your number one power play target with 14 goals, right? So you, that's a huge part of your offense. I mean, as good as Hala and Taylor Hall have played with him out, you need him on that right wing. It solidifies everything. Um, same thing is Jake DeBrusque, as much as we hate him, having him solidified a position right now solidifies your whole entire offense because now everybody has a role in his roles on the second line, and he's your most important player. Yep. He, he's the one that worries me the most. You need to keep him healthy. Um, and as much as I'll give him credit for gutting it out, but I wish they could have kind of shut him down earlier. But we'll see. I, who knows? That's just a rumor I heard. Who knows what it is? But, you know, that's it. Yeah, the injury he went down stage. on was weird. He just kind of curled over and didn't really get hit. So didn't feel like a rib injury. But like you said, you know, he could have got, got tweaked and ribs are weird and sensitive. So um, but they all they are also kind of a pain management thing. So let's see how tough pass that can be. But it could be the it throw. could be the Bruins like slow it slow playing it for sure. They're, they're, in, they're in the playoffs. They're in the. I hold him back and uh, and make sure that he's healthy heading into it. Speaking of the playoffs, how important is seating for them? So is it better for them to hold these guys out, make sure they're healthy, land in that wild card spot, and potentially be taken on? Um, well, the Panthers probably aren't really in their radar right now, right? They're they're floating in that first wild card, so they're gonna lightning or maple leaves is basically what they're looking at. Uh yeah, because I think they're tied with the lightning right now, or if they're ahead of lightning in the third place. So I mean you're looking at Toronto, I think is your matchup right now. I do not, again, I do not sacrifice health for seeding. as much as I think seeding is important to the for the Bruins because the stigma of Toronto can't win in the playoffs, I think is huge. And I think it's in the back of their brains. Austin Matthews, Tavares, all these guys, they've been there for a while. Can't win in the playoffs. That's there. That the stigma is never going to leave until it gets, until they win. Um, but at the same time, you're, you're dealing with two of your most important players. I mean, your, your second most important D outside of Charlie McAvoy and your number one forward, number two forward, wherever you want to um, put them behind uh, Brad Marshawn on this team. I mean, don't, sacrifice health for seeding, let them ride out, let them try to get as healthy as they can get into the playoffs. You know, if you have to play Florida, maybe, you know, you have a better pairing to shut them down. Now you have, you can legit roll out two pairs. I like the Grizzle, Carlick pair, Carlo pair, just figure out your third line Forbert and whoever else Clifton or, or Riley, you need as much as I hate Forbert, but he's your best penalty killer in defense on there. He's the, the tallest guy on defense. Um, so you need him just solidify that pairing short shift them. Low, low numbers, lean heavy on your top two defense, and I think this team can beat anyone in this division. It's just so, going to depend on who's 
you know, how good your goalie situation is turning out to be too. Yeah. And just to give you, before we get to the goalies, just to give you an update. So right now you're looking at a first round matchup with the hurricanes and you're a, uh, you're a point back of the lightning, which so you did you... fall back. Yeah. Cause you lost. Yeah. Right. But I think that's important to your point. Uh, I mean, I don't know what you feel about Carolina. Uh, the Bruins have kind of had their number, but they've gotten think, better. Uh, uh-uh. Carolina's outscored them like 35 to three in the games this year. It's been this year. Yeah. 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 It's been so one-sided, but they beat them the last two times in the playoffs. They've That's my, each other. that was my, yeah. yeah. The, the, in the playoffs they've had their number, but yeah, certainly this year they've crushed them. Um, but in the difference between the lightning and the Bruins is, is a matchup with the Maple Leaf with Toronto, which I agree with you. I'd, I'd much rather see Toronto, I think this year than the, especially than against so. the Bruins again, who they've blown, I think, at least a three game to two lead and a, and a for sure three game three games to one lead and then a four to one lead in the fourth period <laughs> i mean the third period of yeah. game seven like that that's stuff matters that stuff matters that matters in hockey all right uh a little goalie talk who should be their number one for the playoffs uh, Skidmark you, coming on strong lately but uh where do you where do you fly hottest hand figure out a guy right now it's all marky six oh and one I think he's got like an almost a 94 save percentage. Uh, Olmark's three, three, three and three in his last six. He's hit that kind of rookie wall, you know, but you have two, you're the only team in the league that has 20, 20 wins out of your, out of two goaltenders. Right. So I think you have to play the hot hand. And right now it seems like Olmark's the guy. Um, I thought he played very well against Washington. I thought he played very, very well against Tampa. Who I didn't think you had any business winning that game two to one. You know, you want an overtime, a Charlie Coyle, Charlie Coyle goal got you there, but you gotta, you gotta ride the hot hand and, you know, start, start all Mark game one. He's your hottest goalie. And if he falters, try to ride, you know, Swayman. But right now that rookie wall is, seems like staring him in the face. I didn't know if the pressure got too much for him because he had that hot stretch. And then this is first rough, real rough patch in his career. And, and all Mark just seems like he's got better and better as the season's going. You can kind of see why the Bruins invested in him. I'm not a huge all Mark guy, but. I thought he yeah. came up with some real big saves against Washington and kept that game into a lot. A couple bad rebounds, which I think is a you know a, a big thorn in his side. He needs to control those a little more. But that was kind of how Rask was his early in his career. A lot of rebounds off his chest and and fucking legs. So I mean, we'll see. I I, I don't think you have a guy that's going to steal you a game or a series right. like you did when you had Rask or Tim Thomas. That's that's the biggest um cruise you know yeah it's crush biggest, right but- now. Uh, yeah, I, I I think the hot hand is the easiest way to go or in the right way to go. It's just, you know, it's hard to do in the playoffs. Teams have done it. Penguins did it. Uh, they started Murray over fucking, uh, um, caps did it that the year they face. won. Um, Brayton Holby. Holby wasn't starting that in those playoffs or did he start and then got he, uh, swapped he, out? I forget, but they, they, you know, the teams have done it. It's been more, it's been more of a popular approach in the last yeah, Pittsburgh started Murray before. over flurry. Right. <laughs> yeah. And they went on success. So it has happened. Uh, we obviously, uh, it must've been a Tuca thing. It for sure was a Tuca thing with Cassidy and those guys not moving on from him. Uh, when Tuca was in, in that certainly last year when everybody knew that he could not have played in that game six, but, uh, it's the way you got to go. And like you said, I think the rookie wall is right. Maybe, maybe if you let Omar ride out the string here for the end of the season, um, Swayman gets his legs underneath him and clears his head and can come in. Yeah, I'm going uh, seven, three all Mark in the last 10. You got to like, give him the chance, you know, you got him back to back against Washington and then, um, 
Tampa Bay. So that was good to see. Those are big games he had to win. I haven't seen who's going to start tonight. I, they are playing the Blues Tuesday as we record or as we record. Um, so I haven't seen who's going to start. But if they go with Allmark, I mean, that's going to be telling. I said, you know, give him. I expected, you know, Swayman to get one out of the two. I expected the middle game. So I expected to see him against Washington. So it was telling to see with Cassie roll and all Mark. I mean, they've been, you know, they've been playing just as good in front of you, you know, both goalies, but all Mark's seems to be taking the job away. And that's the guy you got to try to, to, to ride in with 10 games left, give him seven. And if he yep. falters, cut it more to five and five, but you got to figure it out now. Yep. And this is the, the final 10 games. You, yep. you got to figure it out. I just don't right. want to see a platoon. In the playoffs, which no, no, scary. give the give the guy the job and let him win or to lose it for sure. When you get to the when you get to the playoffs, sky rockets in flight. Woo! Afternoon delight. Whoop. You guys have it, I think. Uh, afternoon delight. I don't know, Ron. That sounds kind of crazy. Uh, before we get into the simplest minds of the week to end the show, just real quick, the Masters recap. You guys are the golf guys. Here's my recap. Tiger didn't win. He took all the headlines and then fell short. And uh, Ray is number one golfer in the world, I guess. And Scotty Scheffler won. I'm not a huge. I'm not a huge golf guy. I'll watch it. I'll put it on. Pay attention, like in the background, but I'm not following it. And I don't think a lot. What of would your are. Mas- What would your master's meal be? Is that a real question? <laughs> Ray asked me what it would be. That did you hear that segment? No, yeah, yeah. I heard the end of it, and I'm surprised that it wasn't uh, Irene's pussy on a platter. Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't go there. I know, but Ray couldn't say sashimi. Yeah, no, I heard that. Yeah, no, it was a uh, it was an error of comedies there from the old Doctor Big Mac. What do you want? Potato skins and mozzarella sticks or mozzarella something? sticks? Yeah, I want yeah. at least a salad and some. You know, some- <laughs> Give me some roughage. Uh, the the ratings for the Masters skyrocketed this year. Uh, why do you think that is? Uh, Tiger Wood limped his ass back. I mean, that's why I was watching it at work on on Thursday. I'd, and I I had it. My boss was watching it on his fucking work computer. I had it up. I had two monitors going. We were watching it in a fucking four hour training we had on our phones. Like everybody. What is going to make golf more popular other than Tiger Woods? That's it, man. That's golf. I mean, I still watch golf, but it's more exciting. You know what's going to make popular? What do they play? The Phoenix Open, Waste Management Open, or whatever the fuck it is. Have ten more of those. Yeah. Have one every three weeks and make it legit fun. That's how you're going to bring crowds in it. But Felger and Maz had a good segment. You, golf is just so robotic now. Everybody swings the same except for DeChambeau. You know, everybody got all the guys swing the same. You look at the old guys, even going back to Tiger Woods before him, they all had their own swings. They all did things different. Now everybody's like, I'm going to do the same, blah, 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 blah. There's just no, like, you think with how young the, the superstars are in golf it would be more enjoyable for for guys to get into it but it's not give me more of the waste management open give me 10 more of those around america and bring golf in like that because if you promote it the way that is where guys are going to have fun and shotgun and beers after hole and ones and doing that bullshit give yeah. me all of that for golf i know it sounds like young and partying and stuff but it's fun to watch the biggest crowds the golfers get into it their shirts are coming off when they're you know you saw those videos the beer cans are flying out on hold yeah at the end of the day do you want to be an entertainment industry or do you want to uh you know be a a golf industry you gotta kind of pick a lane and they're they're certainly in that in that golf which is why you only have one because you have because golf is so prestigious you know think of the masters right 
built on a fucking plantain, like a fucking slave plantation called the masters. And like, they used to only hire black caddies, only white people in there, like it, all this other stuff. And then it's just like, they're so prestige. And even after all this time, there's, they're strict yeah like white jumpsuits and all this other stuff so it's like you can't and you can't invoke more than this one waste management tournament in the fucking desert you know yeah there needs to be some competition like a new lead needs to pop up and make it fun or something yeah they all tried right. in the saudi opening and phil mickelson i just think got canceled <laughs> we'll be right back with simplest minds of the week are you stupid or something i'm as stupid as a stupid does Does the name Alec Baum, Baum uh, ring a bell for you, Bill, as a baseball guy? Yeah, I think third base outfielder for Philly. Third base for the Philadelphia uh, Phillies was on the uh, back end of three of a three error game and was caught on Mike. I think of saying as the as the Philadelphia booze rained down on this poor son of a bitch was caught on Mike or or lips moving whatever he was caught saying i hate this place no i fucking i fucking hate, this, hate place. this place i fucking hate this place in all of the cities to say you hate as a guy that plays for the hometown team philly's got to be one of the worst and uh he's come out and said i apologize it was a heat of the moment thing but you those guys are not gonna if he has a bad year oh watch out alec Baum. Yeah, he's He's a rising like young player, you know, but he's like one of those like fringe, not fringe roster guys, but he's like the utility guy, play outfield, play third base. But yeah, he's not like a superstar. It's not Bryce Harper saying that shit because it'd be worse. Bryce Harper came on it, but I, dude, how many times it's like ah, you say this shit in the heat of the moment? Ah, fuck, fuck this play. I fuck, you know. What I mean, it, it could be anything. You hit the ball, hits the dirt wrong. You could, you, I, I give the guy a cut a guy a little slack. I will, but will Philly, he goes up there and has an 0 for 4 day with four strikeouts. Like, that guy's getting booed off the field. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe he has just notoriously bad defensive days in, in uh, whatever, Citizens Bank Park, whatever. It could be a shitty infield, but, man, it's just early in the season. But, man, you got to take your lickings, you know, feed off it, get better, and shove it right down their fucking scumbag Philly throats. Yeah, Because that's yeah, what's going to give them back, right? Yeah, you, if he's not, gonna you're going to get some batteries thrown at your fucking asses. It's a deep hole he dug himself. Uh, the other uh, candidate here is good old L. LeBron, the uh, the king himself. This uh, is shut- late, but <laughs> I think it happened like two weeks ago, but I don't think me and Ray included it in our show last week. Whatever. Fuck him. Uh, shut it down for the end of the regular season. Uh, comes out in his final press conference, couple quotes here, said, uh, asked if the season was a failure. He said, quote, no, it's not a failure at all. We came to work every single day, put our hard hits on, tried to get better every day, and the results just didn't happen for us. It's not a failure. He says, obviously, if you know me in any of my career, we don't. It, when we don't succeed, I take a lot of responsibility. That's just who I am. I wish I could have been a lot better in leading the franchise for this year. What a fucking douchebag. Always been a douchebag. Has never said the right thing. Has never been. He's just been so fraudulent and fake off the court his entire goddamn career. And that's me saying on record that I will put him on the conversation for best player of all time to be on the court because that's how much I think of his game. Well, here's what what I'll say with not anymore. If he leaves L.A. and goes to play with Steph Curry or somebody – then you're out. You're out of the top five. You you just completely exposed yourself. 
but which up is what Kevin point, Durant does. He's right? in the so, conversation for the greatest of all time, but he is such a fucking douchebag. He just is such a delusional douchebag off the court. Conversation, yes, but I don't think he's he's solidified himself as a number two after this, right? Because, hey guys, when did he release that stupid tweet? April Fool's Day. Everyone thought, ha ha, it's a it's a joke. And what does he do? The biggest game of the year, and for the the Lakers to at least get in the playing game. That who LeBron James, mind you, has gone on record more than one occasion has been a um, not been a fan of the playing tournament. Has a mysterious ankle injury and did not play in the play the rest of the season. So that April fool's joke was tr- a truthful tweet. I just think it's a scumbag move and to solidify you, Jordan at 40, whatever years old that he was out there played 82 games, dragged the team went, went 35 and 47 that had just went 16 and whatever 70, whatever the fuck right. it was the year before yep. the wizards, tournament, about. Yeah. the wizards and tournament of a 35 win team. And LeBron James cannot play with that much talent on that team. Cannot play a play in tournament, which you have a legitimate chance to go to the NBA finals. I know the West has got a lot of good teams, but you're still LeBron James. You're still LeBron James. If you, that was Michael Jordan, he's dragging Westbrook and whoever other trash that team has. Right. The NBA and finals. if for some reason they did it and you, you sent a good uh, meme today that clay Thompson missed all those games, Draymond 40, Green missed yeah, those, say, those games. Go ahead. Clay Thompson missed 40 plus games. Draymond Green missed 30 plus games. Steph Curry's on roughly 20 games right now. And Dwayne or uh, Wiseman number two pick overall pick last year. Hasn't played all season. They've won 50 plus games. Injuries are not an excuse in that league because those are legitimately when they're healthy. Those are two of the top 15 players in the league and Steph Curry and Clay Thompson who've moved 60 games combined and Draymond Green's a thorn in everybody's side, but he's still probably a top 30 player in the NBA question the skill set you want, but he's yep. there defensively and he's just, he's a lot of Rodman. He's just a smaller Rodman who scores. Yeah. Who, he's the engine that makes the warriors go and to lose him yep. is a, is a tough loss. Uh, and they, you know, and they were battling for the number one seed in the West until Steph went down. Thank you, Marcus Smart. I, I just, uh, yeah, no. And, and, and the, in the line, and this is right out of Westbrook's playbook too, who, by the way, is probably the biggest reason why they're missing the play, the playoffs. We came to work every single day, put our hard hats on and tried to get better. If you, if that's not a, and he's not even a fucking millennial, is he? What a like, so you came in and you tried, so it's not a failure. You're the fucking Lakers. You got LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook, three MVPs, one of the top five players of all time, the LA Lakers. You missed the playoffs. If you can't, you just come out LeBron and say, yes, we're the Lakers. We're expected to make a deep playoff run and we missed the playoffs. It was a failure. And I take, and I take responsibility. You know how much more like, credit and respect people would have for LeBron James off the court. If you just did that once in a while, instead yeah. he goes, you, if you know me, you know, I take a lot of responsibility after our after the sentence before not taking responsibility. It's like, fuck you. Yeah. Dude. It's a, it's a little bit of a joke and the Lakers as a whole, they kind of did Frank Vogel dirty. I no, thought the yeah. way that the way they handled that, they basically fired him at halftime or the fourth quarter of the last regular season game after a leak that they weren't bringing him back. He won you a championship. Frank Vogel has been a solid coach in the NBA and it's LeBron James just, just pulling his little strings. They're doing everything to try to keep, they read up, they, they reached out to Nick nurse 
or is he Toronto to see? And I think he was like, I don't know. Uh, the Utah coach, he just saw the dysfunction there. And he's like, nah, I'm just going to stay in Utah. He's going to stay in fucking Utah. <laughs> DeMar DeRozan didn't sign with the Lakers because he went in there and saw this shit is the functional as fuck and went and signed with the bulls. Like yeah. what? It's just LeBron has just, this is what he's fucking doing someone cut his puppet strings they're not they're not what they used to be i i hope vogel had a a good financial investment advisor because when you walk into that situation you have to understand that you're you're just uh one bad season away from getting canned so we don't go don't go buying boats put that shit away it's not coming back all right, long one, Bill. Uh, th- this was fun, though. This has been the uh, Some Might Sports Show uh, special edition, Wednesday edition, April 13th. Uh, Ray, hope you hope you feel better, buddy. Sincerely, I hope you have a good round and hope you feel better. I'm um, sorry, sorry you missed the show. Bye bye, Ray. Bye bye. Hey, William. No time, no see. Looking, looking good in the daylight. I know. I just got a haircut today and everything. It's nice. Don't say that too loud or Ray will be mad. Oh. Yeah. I mean, understandable. We never came to a conclusion, but whatever. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> uh, I don't give a fuck either. And by the way, Ray, who uh, just mercilessly crucified me in your guys' show last week, I was on vacation with my family in Georgia when I was left. And I purposely didn't tell you guys because I figured you'd shit on me for that. But no, instead, you just shit on me for the other thing. And when I said I was grilling, I was blitzed (laughs) (laughs) and totally regret telling you why I couldn't. Because I was actually like, oh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to jump on the show and I'm going to be wasted and just jump off whenever I want to. And then at the timing just didn't work out. Like a bunch of people came over for dinner and like, Rich, you got to grill all this fucking food. I thought I had a good 30 minutes. No, it was like, fuck, I got to grill. I'm pretty sure I stayed pretty neutral on that. Yeah, yeah, you're neutral because you and I understand that, you know, this isn't our life and there's other things going on. And if you can't try our best to make it and try to do just an hour a week, not that big a deal. And most of the times it's okay, But when it's not. You know, when you're on vacation, you don't have to get too mad at people. And by the way, Ray's not here today. So, yeah, <laughs> we haven't had a full show in like three weeks. <laughs> Speaking of that, we've been blabbering on for fucking 30 minutes here. Uh, that's a whole lot more of editing for me. So good for you. You did it again to me, Bill. Uh, I haven't seen you in a while. So I know. No, I appreciate it. And the, the old man story was good because I went through that cap and you the same one. Uh, let, let's do the show. Let's do some opening takes. And start. Let's do